Ladies and gentle boys, welcome to the next episode of Sky Pirates Podcastaways, episode four, I believe it is. Is it episode four? Yes. I think so. Excellent. All right. I ha- I'm back. Look at me. I'm Jace. And with me is the man with the tan, Kevin Stott. Hi, everybody. All right. And we've also got the boy to employ, Joey Handy Vanderveld. Don't ask me why they called me Handy. Ooh. And we've got the dad with the scabs, Max Damage, here. What? That's not my nickname. <laughs> no, listen, there's nothing wrong with a dad with a few scabs, with a, with a few power burns, as I call them. You, you know he's been working hard. Yeah, he's, he's crafty. He's, you know, he's, he's entrepreneurial. He's yeah, a self-starter. Busy in, busy in the tool shed with all the tools. Okay, I, I, I can take that. All right. You can take those scabs. Uh, so we're here, right here, to tell you about games. Here to tell you about uh, about sports and internet entertainment. Kevin, what's going on with the football? What what's going on with the football over um, there? Well, the the giant demons scored the halftime points, and it's there's been an uproar. I was shocked. I was really shocked with you know, how that. Yeah, you, you hate to see that, you know. It's an you impressive hate... play when the season's not on. It really is. You <laughs> like to see that, I think. Mm. You hate to see demons, giant demons in your city, <laughs> claiming yeah, souls. That's, that's the last thing you want. They're playing some sort of weird, like kind of Mayan head football. <laughs> it's, it's not a pretty sight. <laughs> no. Alright, so, shall we talk about what games we're playing? We'll start with Kevin this time. How, what are you playing, Kevin? I've been playing Mario Kart, and I'm getting onto uh, my Wii U again. I tried, I saw that it got an update, and I had a copy of Game & Warrior, which is a game made by the uh, WarriorWare guys for the Wii U, that was an import copy from England, and so it didn't work for a long time, but then it started working again, which is good. And I am super excited to play that again. Yeah, it's got a good, it's got a good implementation of just, it's just Pictionary, <laughs> uh, which works really well on the on the Wii U gamepad. Mm. A whole bunch of fun we got to do playing that last time. We had a bit of like a week together playing nothing but video games, and yeah, good times. There's a whole lot of... When I first played it, it felt like there wasn't that much in it, but now, going through it again, I see that I've seen that each each of the different games has, like, two different extra levels that I didn't know that they had before. Oh, really? Yeah. There's, like, extra, extra difficulties of all the other ones that I just played one time to unlock the next one. Yeah, sure. They've all got extra stuff. And there's also all the, like, for getting, for getting, like, high scores and clearing new levels and stuff, you get these little, like, chicken capsule machine things, these little toys. And I found out those are all, those are all, like, tiny little mini games as well. They don't have any, like, purpose. It's, one of them is, like, you blow into, 
you blow into the Wii U pad and like bubbles come out. <laughs> so they're just like weird little toys. That one of them, fun. one of them, which which destroyed me was uh, on the TV. It just has cars driving past, and it says, uh, "Draw on the gamepad where you want to go." And so I wrote down on the gamepad "beach," <laughs> and then I held it up to the TV. So you're like you're like one you're like, you're like a guy on the side of the road with a sign saying where you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> And it's, and I didn't know if anything was going to happen. I thought maybe that would just be that would just be it. But then a car stopped, and he looked at me. He was like, "Come on, we can we can get in and we can go there." And then it faded to black. And I'm like, I, I not guess a good it, sign. I guess it recognized my writing, and we're going to the beach. And it, and it comes up again, and it's this guy strapped down on an operating table, <laughs> and they're about, to, they're about to operate on him, and he's got this, like, belt across him, and on the belt, it, it has beach, like, it just took the image of what, I, of what I wrote, it says beach labs. <laughs> That's that fantastic. Is, I didn't expect it <laughs> to go in that in that direction. It was so. amazing. I lost it. it was I was <laughs> never expecting that. That's so great. Was um, Game and Warrior the uh, was it the game that we were playing where you had to hide from your mum while you were playing video games after you were supposed to go to bed? Yeah, that was one of them. That's oh. so you on the TV. You're playing just old uh, WarriorWare games on the gamepad. But on the TV, it's like your bedroom, and you have to. It's nighttime, so you're supposed to be asleep, and so you're sometimes your mum is sneaking in into the room, and then you have to hold the trigger buttons to hide the game. I vaguely recall the mother being slightly terrifying. Yeah, it, she she is. She's got like it's just like a silhouette, and then it's got these like yellow piercing, glowing laser <laughs> eyes when she jumps out. And then there's the second the second level of that is. Uh, that character's friend who's just grown up and so it's it's just playing warrior wear there's no mum in that anymore i miss i do miss having all those like party games it's a shame that um my vita doesn't work because frobisher says was that was that kept us entertained for hours on the train yeah frobisher says rules it's it's got a lot of the same character as uh yeah warrior wear where it's very there's all kinds of different styles and sometimes something just entirely unexpected will happen as a result like the doing. uh close your eyes or whatever it is look away <laughs> yeah one it's of the because the vita has face recognition one of the games is uh just don't look at the screen and so you look away and then frobisher does something weird <laughs> On the screen. Everyone, everyone else can see it, and it's fantastic. <laughs> what? He's doing, like, a creepy dance or something. It's or the, the Say My Name in X language. <laughs> well, not that it can, like, pick up or say it, like, you know, it can't tell if you're doing it right or not, but, uh, yeah, it's it's still pretty fun for everyone else that's watching you on in public transport. <laughs> for yeah. just says it gets really high concept. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I want to. I want to see if I can get my Vita fixed, just so I can play all the new games for that. What new games did you want to play? Oh, like on the Vita. Yeah, yeah. I mean specifically for like uh, the Frobisher says. I haven't had a chance to check out um, any of the Vita stuff since my Vita stopped mm. working. Um, yeah. It, it seemed like it was a pretty decent console. It's a shame that it didn't sell 
um, as well as it's, they wanted it to. Yeah, you know, I got a Vita this year, and I tell you what, getting a Vita is a big bargain because nobody buys that thing, and they <laughs> look at you funny when you get one. They're like, "Are you sh- are you sure?" <laughs> um, there's there's a good there's a good library of games on that things, and it's a shame that recently Sony has just said, "No, we're not going to be uh, yeah. you know making games for that thing anymore." So third parties basically are, are the kind of the only thing working kind of sucks, on that thing, but you know. Go ahead. It's a nice, yeah. Sorry, it's a nice little console as well. Like it, it looks pretty. It, you know, it runs really well. Um, yeah, they've even got that Counter Spy game on there as well. And that'd be super fun to play on um, um, on Vita, I reckon. Yeah, Counter Spy would work well. Uh, on the go. Uh, but yeah, so I also was playing, uh, played some Mario Kart. Which there's nothing that exciting. I didn't get any of the new stuff. Uh, I've been getting, I've been clearing out uh, Mario 3D World 100 percent to get the Lovely. to get the, the super hard secret level at the end. Nice one. How's that going? It's going good. I think I think before when I was clearing stuff, I was trying to not use any walkthroughs, but that is just. That's pretty much impossible. There's there's stars that you have to get that are just like a glowing spot on the ground that you have to ground pound, and I would have had yeah. no idea. I might yeah, have sure. if I'd if I'd gone on from playing it from the start, I might have remembered. But at this point, it's uh, I I wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, yeah, I've actually got a, re- a Wii U recently, and um, I uh, the first game I picked up uh, with your from your recommendation was Super Mario 3D World. And that game, like that and uh, Super Mario 3D Land, are just two of probably the greatest platformers of this generation and last generation. They seem consoles, really charming from what like I've played of like the mm. you know small amount that I've played from. They're super charming and fun. They're nice. It's a nice throwback to the. You know, Mario's that I grew up with, you know, I, I particularly, like, loved playing uh, Super Mario World for Super Nintendo, and it kind of felt a little bit more like that. Mm. I mean, it, it's, super, it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a throwback, but at the same time, it's, it's a reimagining it's of that sort yeah. of 2D Mario, in that they've kind of converted those 2D platforming levels into more three-dimensional levels and, yeah, and you know yeah. it ends with a flagpole like it always does it's a really interesting approach the level design is all fantastic from what i've played so yeah, far sure hmm. what were you gonna say kevin i don't remember i think they've got <laughs> some they've got some good they've got people on that team that probably have been working on mario since super mario world yeah right there's stuff like hmm. well there's a level in new super mario bros where you which has the underwater, heard like the torpedo underwater bullet bills, which were only in Super Mario World before that. So like they've got mm. such a they've got such a history of stuff to draw from, and they usually they usually do if they can think of if they can find something that they've already done in a past game that is what the similar thing to what they want to use, and they redo it. They have a, nice new art and they reuse the same character and stuff which is cool yeah sure yeah I mean I mean the director the main director and designer of Super Mario 3D World and Super Mario Land one of them is uh, I believe Koichi Hayashida 
And he mm-hmm. is a, he's kind of a newcomer to Nintendo, well, to directing and designing uh, games for Nintendo. His first one was Mario Galaxy 2, which was very good. But um, he's, yeah, right. he has admitted that he's fairly new to... He didn't play all of the NES games and stuff like that. He right. was just revisiting them. Uh, you know, uh, he actually directed those NES Remix games as well on the Wii U and uh, uh, 3DS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he said he made those because he wanted to go back to the NES and see why those games were so fun at the time and, and make oh, yeah. challenges around them uh, for him to, you know, study that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. So it's actually really That's interesting cool. how he's making all these callbacks there, you know. Those games are, are neat and fun, I think. Yeah, they're pretty good. That's why I, I would love to invest in a in a Wii U just to play all those kind of games because I feel I'm missing out a little bit. Mm. Yeah, it, it's definitely... The catalogue has definitely gone huge. Yeah. yeah. With 3D World, they've... They've nailed the they nailed the character controller and then they yeah, got all the effect. They know how to do effects and stuff and land stuff and have the feedback feel really good. Yeah, which cool. is, is where his strength is. But yeah, I think I might like for playing the playing the harder levels in three D world was pretty tough with the because I play it with the like NES style uh we most going sideways. But I uh. do like the hard levels. It, but it felt kind of, it felt a little slow and clunky, but that's right. just because what, of the so controller using, I was using. Using classic controls? No, yeah, well, I was just putting the Wiimote sideways like yeah, yeah, a yeah. NES controller. Um, but I might, I might like Mario Maker because I do enjoy this hard level. Yeah, sure. Uh, apart from it's that... It's also just, you know, the Mario Maker... Go ahead. Uh, no, you said... Say it. Don't spray it. My next oh, okay. thing is um, different. Yeah, well, Mario Maker, the the, yes. the um, <laughs> Mario Maker. A lot of the thing of that game is it's it's as fun making levels as it is playing them. You know, the user interface yeah, yeah, yeah. is very friendly. You can pretty much like I've I've never made levels before, but I've just been having so much fun just making. What I try to do is I just try to make traditional Mario levels. So I'll introduce a new concept. So you know. This level uh, is about those kind of music block platforms or something like yeah. that. I'll introduce it and then I'll make it more challenging as the level progresses, like a Mario level is in yeah. uh, the original Mario game. It's just so much fun, like seeing what it's like to make those kind of levels, how to make them good and and fun to play. You know, yeah, like sure. Well, the editor itself seems to have a lot of like Mario Paint DNA, it's like weird <laughs> yeah. SNES sound effects and awesome, just weird stuff happening while you're building the levels as well. Hmm. And and there's a good amount of fusion in it that you don't see in a lot of the original Mario games. So like if you you can play around with it a lot. So if you want to put wings on a bullet bill and put it in a clown car, you can do that, which is really fucked up. But you know, <laughs> you can be about as fucked up as you want to be in this game. It's a lot of fun. I um I'm still really deeply unnerved by Skinny Mario. <laughs> yeah, like I'll be making a level and I was like, well, I'll put a mushroom in this block. And if you play the level, sometimes randomly he'll turn into skinny Mario. It's like, why is he doing that? I don't like it at all. It's creepy. Skinny and he like Mario's jumps not okay. Yeah, skinny Mario uh, has a drug problem. Yeah. That he needs to he's sort all out. gaunt from like a... He's a, He hasn't had a, like any mushrooms lately and he's just going through a mushroom withdrawal and that's what it looks like. He's gaunt, yeah. skinny and ill. And he needs to get his fix. Yeah. But um, what have you been playing, Joey? Me? Um, what have I done? I finished Fallout 4. That Ooh. was that was a fun time. Yeah, um, fun. Again, it's another like open-ended kind of ending, like Bethesda games normally are. Yeah, um, it's is that good. in a good way or a bad way? Because I didn't uh, love the Fallout Three ending, to be honest. Yeah, 
I think it probably could have done something better, but like, hey, it's, you know, I guess you get out as much as you put in. You kind of, yeah. I think one of the like magical points of any kind of like Fallout game is the world is like specifically yours. It's however you want to see it and perceive it. Mm. <clears throat> so, you know, that was really fun. Um, I'm waiting for some cool DLC stuff and I've done pretty much everything in there that I need to do. Yeah. Um, How many hours did you clock in? Uh, I, that's a good question. Um, it would have been a fair few. Uh, I got to maybe level 70 or so. Oh. Um, and then, yeah, so would have, I would have finished the, all the side quests at around 60 and then another five levels doing main quests. Mm. Um, so 65 or so, 70. Um, Goodness. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of fun. Other than that, um, I made my first million credits on Elite Dangerous doing bounty hunting. That nice. was... Um, good time uh that game is again like i've been playing it heaps um it's it's really nice just like just floating through space doing nothing it's really cathartic just kind of like listening to music while you you know hit your warp drive and you you know you hit the atmosphere i'm well, not the atmosphere you like jump into a new system and you get onto your like little computer nav system you're like hey what's going on in this system high resource extraction site yeah let's go there and you start seeing like these lasers pop out everywhere, and you're like, "All right, let's do some bounty hunting." And that's pretty good. Um, got to check out Star Citizen. They're running out a free weekend um, till the uh, 14th, I believe. You get to check out their Arena Commander modules, fly all their new ships. For anyone that doesn't know, Star Citizen is a big sandbox uh, space game that's coming out where you can do. Uh, there's first person, or if it comes out. There's a lot of controversy kind of like surrounding it at the moment, but this is like the biggest Kickstarter ever. Wasn't yeah, it? they made they made million. Yeah, yeah and that, and they they've kept that um that crowdfunding going on. They've made millions since the Kickstarter ended, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. and they're still they're still asking for more. So a lot of people are kind of questioning whether it's vaporware or not. Um, but the really recent 2.0 uh, version of the game kind of like stitches all these modules that they've been making together into like one kind of like a demo universe it's not as expanded as say like uh elite dangerous is where you get the entire galaxy but it's a small kind of bite-sized hey this is what it's going to be like and i believe um because it's not open to the free um players yet um i believe that you'll be able to uh spe- from you know walking around first person on your space uh, on a space station or a planet <clears throat> jump in your ship fly to a space station, get out in, you know, space and explore it, um, as well as, you know, pick up rifles and stuff, so... That that would have just, if I was about ten years younger, I think that would have just exploded my mind, (laughs) that 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 is possible to do. Yeah, it still explodes my mind at the moment, like, watching the videos, it's just crazy, you see a guy, you know, with a team commanding one big spaceship, they land on a space shuttle... They get out, they all pick up rifles, go take out a pirate crew, and then get back on their spaceship and leave. That's so cool. Yeah, and I've been like doing a bit of research into it. And, you know, the, There's going to be things like if you cho- choose to be a bounty hunter um, and you, you know, it's you know, being a big, massively online game, if you choose to be a bounty hunter, you go to some middle-of-nowhere pub or you know, whatever, spaceport, and they're like, hey, I've got a bounty on this guy, can you go get him? You track him down, get the star maps to figure out how to get to where he is, get to his planet, find him in a bar, have a stun baton, knock him out, put him in your hold. You can choose to play lawfully like that and not kill anyone, but, you know, there's so many possibilities to have this really cool 
have, like the experience Star Wars Galaxies had that whole you can do whatever you want yeah. um, and it's, yeah. it's mind blowing and I like I really hope that they pull it off because it's super ambitious and I think it'd be just absolutely mind blowingly fun being able to play you know a real like role playing game where you're not bound by anything yeah, you know, Star okay. Citizen seems like one of those kind of make-or-break situations where it can either be, yeah. like, real, really stumble and, like, fall on its face, or it'll be the most amazing game ever yeah, made. Exactly. It'll be the most ambitious thing ever, you know. We'll just have to see. Like, yeah, they're charging... They're still charging quite a bit for their ships at the moment, so... Yeah, I was going to ask, are you going to be one of those money boys who puts in, like, $30,000 oh, <laughs> into buying a fake ship? I, I might... I might do like I don't know. There's there's two ways you can you can think about it. Like and I'm I'm kind of conflicted. I could buy a ship right now and have mm. you know start off con- uh, you know when the game launches if it launches start off as a pirate, or I could potentially wait and start the game with whatever it gives you and then kind of let the game direct how I want to like buy ships. So I could you know maybe potentially join someone's crew and they could pay me you know to work on the ship and then I can buy a ship that way so uh, it seems way more fun doing the latter yeah um, yeah mm. but um it is also kind of tempting to know that like I could start off just as like a pirate straight away yeah I, th- I think I find there's something like really qu- quite off-putting to me the idea that you could spend so much money on a oh, ship yeah certainly like let's have a look at how um I believe the last time I checked like you can get this one package that is like oh, no it's have a look it is over a thousand dollars i believe but it, it gives you access to like every ship that they've got so far oh wow okay uh, game packages so the lowest pricing price point for a starter ship is 45 united uh, usd sorry mm. yeah is it like made out of like wood and it's like... it just looks like <laughs> a mining like a just a really heavy kind of transport ship yeah. Um, $10,000 Wing Commander, you get, I think, everything, but you also get, like, a giant ship that houses other, um, no, 15000 sorry. That's the most, the priciest that they've got on at the moment. Mm. Uh, you get a ship that houses and can dock every other ship that it, um, or small fighter ships and that are in the game so far. Yeah. So you could buy a cheaper ship, Joey, but are you really getting the true... Star Citizen experience if you aren't going full hog. The, and the, just... 15, the 15 grand, I, I, I might have to think about it because for yeah. that price point, I'd be a chump not to. I mean, if you think about it, it's a steal. Yeah. <laughs> Those are spaceships. You know how much they cost in the real world? Exactly. And plus you get more spaceships with it. All yeah. in or nothing. Yeah. That's right. It, it's really crazy because like, there's obviously got to be some support because Mark Hamill and, you know, they're... They're using their, you know, they've done motion caps and voice acting. Gary Oldman as well, um, you know, to wow. their kind of first-person uh, single-player um, game that they're releasing alongside Star Citizen, which will just be focusing on dogfighting and stuff. But so there's got to be some sort of like, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like promise or some the substance there to make these kind of actors go, hey, yeah, let's do it, right? Probably yeah. cash well, that, that's the hope, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's a similar situation to to No Man's Sky, which could also ever be sort of a make or break thing, where 
there's all these planets, but is there going to be anything to do there? That kind of thing. Yeah, there, yeah. There's all these doubts about these space games lately. Yeah, I think you know? if I was going to put money down on it between Star Citizen and No Man's Sky, which one was actually going to see returns on that promise? I, I don't. I wouldn't. A lot of what we've seen of No Man's Sky at the moment is quite vague. Yeah, and it's right. hard to get those developers to say exactly what is going to be going on in that game. Yeah, sure. Mm. My, my favourite thing that I know about No Man's Sky is that all the like aliens on the different planets, the noises that they make and their like, bird calls and stuff are generated by like choosing what size throat it has and stuff. Really? <laughs> and so they're all... It's like a generating like wind and vibrations and stuff. And... For, like from the sound clips I've heard, everything sounds like it's just like a horrible screaming person. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how it seems to be going to those minute details to create different auto-generated worlds. You know, you wonder how far it's it's going to go. Or like how many planets they'll do, what sort of plants and stuff are on it, and if it'll like zoom out and it just keeps going for galaxies and galaxies, and you keep zooming out and. You realise that the whole thing's taking place and in Joey Vanderveld's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the point. I think they've built the systems to be uh, generative so they don't have to build anything. Mm. And there's just one planet out there that was developed by the team and it's just full of Nazi propaganda or like something secret, <laughs> you know? Just secret weird planet. stuff everywhere. That'd be really I cool. think I heard vaguely from somewhere that No Man's Sky is kind of like it's a race to the center of the universe. Yes, that I believe that's the yeah. goal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but apparently it'll take many years for that to happen. I imagine. Yeah, sure. Ah, uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, mm. it be nice. What did they say? They said that each planet, like if you were to visit every planet, it would take you like a a billion years or something like that. Wow, which is nuts. So crazy. But I guess yeah. since it's all and you do you do yeah. run the the risk with just sort of, you know, auto-generating everything, that it does end up just seeming like the same thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's I mean, especially boring. when there's just so much, right? Yeah, it's like the difference between exploring, like, a, a Bethesda-built world that's sort of handcrafted and, a, like, an auto-generated level of Minecraft or something. Yeah, sure. But, like, it's just I mean, not going to be... Max, you, to- you talked about... um. Uh, how you were saying that uh, no, more, no Man's Sky seems more vague than maybe something like Star Citizen. But the thing to remember is that Star Citizen, I believe, in its original form in the Kickstarter, it started off as just like a, like a regular old spaceship flying game. And they added all these elements such as the, the first-person shooty bits afterwards, I believe. Um, in their development log, I believe they, they added all these extra little things you have to do later on. And, and everyone who backed it, or at least some of the people who backed it, uh, began to get sceptical about what the, yeah. you know, final yeah. product would be. So that that's another worry as well. You, there definitely needs to be a lot of communication between backer and, you know, developer with that kind of thing. Yeah, so We'll see how it goes. Yeah, well, fingers crossed because I'd, I'd like to play it. Um, definitely. Lastly, just um, while we're still on that spaceship, has anyone heard of uh, Dead Star that's coming to PlayStation 4 anytime soon? No. 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 Cool, so we all know that I'm a massive Battlestar Galactica fan, and this uh, game is based around the Battlestar Galactica episode 33. In that episode, 
the crew of the Battlestar Galactica and the human colonies, they're trying to jump every 33 minutes to get away from the Cylons. They it's don't a get sleep. Fantastic episode. It's so good, huh? So Dead Star is a PlayStation game um, that's coming out. I don't know much about it, but it's going to be it's Battlestar Galactica inspired, and it's going to be more or less five versus ten versus ten. Um, and I believe, let me have a look. Uh, it involves players flying spaceships through procedurally generated levels while defending, attacking, and upgrading bases. Um, but I believe there is a like a game mode where you have to, you know, uh, jump every uh, every like x amount of minutes or so. Just yeah, so um, to get away from like the ten v ten people that are coming. Um, so yeah, it seems really cool. It's coming out soon. Uh, looks yeah neat check it out you know there seems to be a barrage of space games space games are cool yeah like they they went away for a long time there was only like eve online and those x like space trucking games for a long time now they're they're coming back in full force everyone wants to go to space star wars it's everywhere here we go here's a description the game's newly revealed capital ship slash escape run mode will allow five players to team up to escort a massive spaceship that would jump into the middle of a one 10 versus 10 match of the game after another, um, hoping to protect the ship and survive uh, after a half a dozen jumps. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So, There's okay. people playing their own 10v10 games. Yeah, <laughs> and then... The ship jumps in. <laughs> Just like, what's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> so that, that could be a little bit of fun. Um, I don't know if there's any, like, release details or anything like that, but, um, yeah, I think, yeah, it, it, it's... I believe it's early access on Steam at the moment for 15, or it will be. Um, and then full release will be around $20 or so. Cool. I'll have yeah. to check it out. Uh, then, Max? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. That's it. Cool. Excellent. Space Joey. Space Joey. Uh, Max, what have you been playing? Planet Max. Um, <laughs> well, on Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm not sure, I fractured my wrist. So oh. as far as gaming goes, I, I've been struggling a bit. Um, you broke it from vigorously shaking hands. Or, or yeah. too much Atari. Making deals. Yep, that's <laughs> all three all of those. Three of those. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, you know, I've been playing a bit of, like, I've been trying to figure out one-handed games. Um, sure. I played a bit of Wii Golf <laughs> with my left hand. Just not, just, it's just not as fun as it was in 2008, though. Some Lee Carvello's putting challenge again, making its way into another podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I then I did actually pull out um, uh, Rory McIlroy PGA Tour. Is that the new is, one? That's a that's a brand new golf game. Yeah. Um, I got I didn't actually buy it. I'd never buy it, but. It's something I can play with one hand, which it is It was pretty... given to me for Christmas by my mother. <laughs> uh, I wanted Bone Storm, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually got it on EA Access, so I've got right. 10 hours with it. I doubt I'll get through 10 hours, but... um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny game. It's just very, like... There's not... There's not a lot going on in there. It seems like it's a challenge of... from EA. On, on some of these games, it's like, can you play... Can you get through 10 hours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the games Max has played so far, he's he has barely scraped 10, 10 hours, I believe, or gotten 10 hours out of it, you know. 
Yeah, I think I played four hours of Need for Speed and deleted that. And um, sure, I was just drinking too much Monster. That that was yeah, the problem. What uh, what Monster drink does Rory McIlroy drink? Heart palpitations and everything. Rory McIlroy <laughs> is definitely a yellow monster kind of guy. Oh dear! <laughs> like I don't want to speak out about him, but he's just not. Um, yeah, but it's it's interesting in that um, I'm not sure where the sort of challenge in it is. In that you sort of just press the it's sort of got a dial that you want to press the a button and then this sort of indicator will go up the dial and then you want to press it again when it hits this white zone in the dial and then the indicator will start swinging back down you got to hit it again when it goes into a zone at the bottom of the dial and that's basically the gameplay and that's very easy i don't know how they've built a whole game around that (laughs) um so yeah i didn't i didn't play a huge amount of that but i i've regained most control of my hand like my fingers weren't working very well initially but they do are you feel, now do you feel like you'd probably be able to attempt uh tiger woods pga tour now um i feel ready i feel cool. ready Good. Next Good. Level. <laughs> to become the tiger yeah um so i can actually use a mouse pretty pretty well so I got the, I don't know if you guys saw, I think they announced it at the VGAs that Shadow Complex is now free on PC. I did see that. Mm. So I've been playing that, and that's that's a fun bit of game right there. What kind of game is it? It's a sort of uh, 2.5D Metroidvania style yeah, sure. yeah, thing with a sort of, you're basically going through this base of these uh, left-wing terrorists... That are trying to take. Up, they're trying to assassinate the vice president of the United States or something. I don't know. It's, <laughs> and um, yeah, quite know, out of an eighties action movie. Oh, it's fantastic! And you just <laughs> happen to have had um, like navy training from your uh, dad, <laughs> and you didn't want to go into the army because you didn't you didn't see the point, and he did because he knew that you should fight for something greater than yourself. Right. But you just didn't see that. And so, obviously, the um, emotional endpoint of this struggle is to fight mechs in an underground uh, facility. I, it sort of made sense <laughs> at the time. I don't know. It's it's really fun though. It's yeah, really, it sounds right up my alley. Yeah, it's free too. So that's why it was right up my alley. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> so, have you got some control back in both hands yet? Yeah, yeah. So that um, I'm not probably playing as well as I would be with the mouse. Um, okay. I can't really use a controller because the cast is on my palm. I can't really good, get right. a good sort of grip of a controller. But I mean, I've I've been playing a bit of Star Wars Battlefront still, and yeah, lovely. Um, I'm not doing worse. I'm just playing very differently. Yeah, there's a lot sure. Of, yeah, there's a lot of standing, like standing back and strafing and. Mm. Like, a lot slower games. Nice one to check out uh, recently, because it went from um, from early access to full release. Nuclear Throne got its its uh, full release on Steam recently. Um, that might be something that you can check out and play. If you like oh, yeah, right. like And shooters. it's one-handed mode. Yeah. Is there? Is there? No. <laughs> That'd be really... Yeah, it's like Bayonetta. Bayonetta. You know, the, yeah, the Bayonetta hands... has its one-handed mode, assuming no way. you're using the other hand to... Uh, to touch yourself. Do taxes. <laughs> you got to multitask. Yeah, you're busy. You're a busy Japanese businessman. Yeah. 
So, uh, I, is that all you've been playing, Max? Um, yeah, no, that's that's unfortunately just about it. <laughs> Alright, you've been play, also playing the hand of the the game of uh, having a fractured wrist, which is I bet it's not much fun. I got a high score in it. Oh, apparently, nice. pretty good. Well, well, I I know how that feels. I had a high score in, in the shingles game actually. Um, oh, yeah, shingles. Yeah, they're 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 gone. They're gone okay, forever. Good. I, I actually, I, when I was in the doctor's office, I for my hand, I saw a brochure for shingles, and wowee, I, I'm yeah. really sorry about that. I didn't yeah. know it was that bad. I, I don't know if you guys know this, but shingles, they they hurt. Like, right. they're really, and they look gross. It's just these little bubble boys that hang Ooh. out. All over your body. It's it a fun time. Like a good time. Uh, if you if you hate yourself, it might be fun. Actually, <laughs> right. yeah. But um, I haven't been playing that anymore. I've been playing. Uh, it was my birthday yesterday, so I got myself Happy a little birthdays. Thank you, Joey. I've been playing a little uh, a, a little treat I bought myself that came on my birthday uh, called Doshin the Giant on the GameCube. It also came out on the Nintendo sixty four DD. Have any of you guys heard of this game? I have not. I watched a video of it after I heard that you got it. <laughs> Max? I've never heard of it. Oh, you guys are in for a, in for a video game. So you, this game is made, <laughs> I'll give some background first, uh, is made by this fella. His name's Kazutoshi Iida, and he uh, is insane. Right. <laughs> so he has made a bunch of different games. On the PS1, he made Aquanauts Holiday, which is this game where you're a scuba man and you scuba around and you can talk to fish with your ears. And, um, <laughs> lovely. Yeah, and there's another game he made on the PS1 called Trail of the Sun, which is uh, you play as these cavemen and you just are little caveman people and you walk around and find weird stuff and UFOs and there's no purpose to the game. And there's also this game called Doshin the Giant. It was actually very popular in Japan when it came out. Not so popular here. It didn't even come out in America. Um, but you play as this big yellow fella, and you got a belly button that looks a little bit like a dick. Right. And you're on this island where there's all these island, island boys and girls, and you gotta, like, protect them. Uh, you gotta, like, give them trees and, like, uh, change the landscape. You can form the landscape, might go up and down. It's quite similar to black and white, actually, if you've ever played those kind of games. Right. Except for mechanically, it's, uh, much more simple. It seemed like it, it seemed like an opposite Chibi Robo, where you're you're still making people happy, except this time you're really really big instead of really small. <laughs> I would say it's not opposite Chibi Robo in mechanics, though. It's also much like Chibi Robo. It's sort of laid back, very deliberate pace. In fact, uh, yeah. uh, you you help out your fellows, and uh, there's natural disasters and stuff like tornadoes, and they're a pain in the pain in the old yellow bottom. Um, <laughs> Here, you can build mountains to stop the, uh, the tornadoes from getting you, stuff like that. Doshin, who is known as the Love Giant, can also change, if you press the L button on your weird GameCube controller, uh, you change into Jashin, and he is this big red boy uh, who can punch tornadoes to death. <laughs> um, so, And if you want, you can turn into Jashin and just ruin all the villagers' days. You can just mess them up, and they'll be very scared. But you don't want that. If you get more love from your villagers from doing what they tell you, you'll become bigger and bigger until you can't even see your full character on the screen. <laughs> You're just a pair of legs. 
Fantastic. But um, the game is uh, very, fairly, despite being quite minimalist. It's, it's well designed, I've found. Like, um, you walk very slowly, but it's a very deliberate pacing. Like, uh, and every day is half an hour, but it's not like Pikmin in that you have to finish. And then a lot of time, you can take as much time as you want. And uh, if you step into the villages and try to help them out, you might accidentally crush someone, which might be no good. Um, so you can kind of tiptoe around them. And uh, it's r- the control of Doshin is actually really interesting in that you can sort of... You'd, it's just hard to explain, but if you push back on the stick, he won't turn around, so he won't crush anyone. He'll just back up a little bit, and eventually he'll turn around, so you don't crush anyone if you're trying to do stuff uh, within the village. I, I really like it so far. I'll have to play some more and tell you guys how that goes. Lovely. Uh, you can make poo monuments. Oh. They're made of, <laughs> they're made of shit. How very games. Japanese. Yeah, and they all worship it. It's really great. It's a great time. I like it. All right. Well, I no, guess... So that's all? That's all you've been being able to play lately? Oh, you know, I've, I've been playing a little bit of, you know, some Wii U games, Super Mario yeah, nice 3D one. World. Yeah, cool, uh, cool. Great game, you know. Uh, we'll talk about... And uh, Mario Maker, which some might say is the best game of the year. Some mm. might say that. Yeah, we'll talk about that more maybe in, in a couple of weeks if we do some uh, Game of the Year stuff. We might talk about our favorite games of the year. Yeah, mm. sounds good. Hmm. So, let's talk about our game of the week. Cool. Kevin, what game did you assign us? The game was... Oh, no, I forgot what it's called. <laughs> Dr. Langeskov, Tiger, and, like, t- terrible... Go on. Emerald. Oh, you know this body. A whirlwind heist. I, tra- I trapped myself. <laughs> oh, you boy. Alright, so, just to clarify, it's Dr. Langeskov, the Tiger, and the terribly cursed Emerald. A whirlwind heist. Oh, good job, Joey. Let's give, let's give Joey a round of applause. Let's just give thank him a little you. bit of a... <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thanks, Joey. Um, if you so... haven't played it, play it before you listen yeah. to this. Or else. We'll it's like 30 you. minutes at the most. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, I, think very I did it in, in 20, 20 or so minutes. So. I was about an hour. But uh, that game was made by... Um, uh, uh, it was a collaboration, I believe. Uh, William Pug, who was the, one of the designers behind the Stanley Parable. And uh, I believe there is also, uh, what is it, uh, Dominic Johns- jo- Johan, uh, Jack DeQuid, and uh, Sean O'Dowd worked on that game. So With, uh, some vo- with voice work from Simon Amstel, the British comedian. And, oh, yes, of course. And um, Justin Roiland, our beloved Rick and Morty voice mm. actor. I've got a question yeah. for you guys. Before you played it, what did you think that it was going to be? I... Th- I did assume some sort of weird heist game where um, you're being taught how to, you know, like there was another narrative game, you know, such like the original Stan, oh, mod version of the Stanley Parable um, when it was just a concept, something like that. You know, you had a narrator talking to you about Mm. the story that's unfolding. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. With, well, um, it definitely happens. sets it up as like a certain kind of thing with its with like its loading hints and stuff. I thought yeah. that it was probably going to be like we would go into the mansion and it would probably be some like because from the hints it and th- from the hint screen it seems like it's going to be some kind of hitman kind of yeah. in sure. terms of yeah. how you interact with the level. But I thought it would be like that and maybe also some Blendo games kind of stuff like Gravity Bone or. Mm. Uh, 30 Flights of Loving with the kind of style that it presented it in. 
Yeah, I was, I was honestly thinking from, from who it is from, um, the Stanley Parable guy. I was thinking, expecting something probably pretty mechanically light. Yeah. But that might play on conventions, but I, I mm. didn't expect it to sort of go in, you know, so left field like it did. Yeah. I don't want to bum you guys out, mm-hmm. but um, as soon as I saw it on the store, I knew exactly <laughs> what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I, I could tell from the description because um, I believe it was um, uh, like halfway through the description, yeah, they say, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, the, yeah. In the description. Yeah, so I, I didn't work out all that part, but I thought it would be something like, oh, it must be that they're short on staff so they can't finish the game, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, right. Mm. Mm. But uh, what did you guys think of uh, Dr. Look, so, so you start the game and it it kind of glitches out and it's presented to you as, like, the backstage. Like, the actual game is, like, a movie set or, like, a theatre set. And you're walking around backstage and you're setting off the lights and the weather systems and the pyrotechnics and stuff. And you see rehearsal notes for, like, the lines because the guards are actors and they have lines that they have (laughs) to say. Yeah. Um, I thought it was simple. I thought it was surprising and delightful. Um, That, like, the narrator, it, it was... So different from, say, like the original Stanley Parable, where you're playing playing the narrator's story. Whereas, even though it has all been very much scripted, this one feels very much like the narrator is playing your story. Every time you do something, he's either really pleased or really shocked in what you did something. And the way he just kind of jests about it is, it's really, yeah, it's pleasant. It makes you smile. If you want something to, you know, for thirty uh, for thirty uh, minutes for free, it's it's something that you know. You get a bit of a laugh out of, and you know, put a smile on your face. Um, the voice, the voice acting was good. He's he's pretty like the lines and stuff are reactive and stuff. Yeah. So if you're pressing if you're pressing buttons in the wrong order, if you call the tiger retrieval team before you release the tiger, be like, no, no, guys, come back. He hasn't released the tiger yet, and all stuff like that. Yeah, which mm. is it makes it you know a lot more playful than kind of you know the Stanley Parable or. Or the big beginner's guide, you know, it's, 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 it's something, yeah, it's just a bit of comedy. And I think it kind of really jests at, I guess, the video game kind of design world. It jests at the relationship of the user and the developer or the trouble that comes with everything that happens in game development. And so I really appreciated that and thought it was really fun. Did, did, I don't know, that feels like the same as the Stanley parable for me. Oh yeah, a lot of those kind of relationships between uh, the the player and, and the game, not specifically the developer. This was more, much more in depth with uh, the relationship between player and developer in this one. Yeah, right. But um, I actually, it was very reminiscent, reminiscent while I was playing of the Stanley Parable demo. If you guys yeah, played that's, that, that's, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's you know the original kind of Stanley the Parable where you're not having those kind of playful moments with. With the no, that's a, that's a different thing. So there's the original Stanley yeah. Parable, and then there was a demo for the full commercial release of the Stanley Parable, which was itself an entirely different game. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. So if you played a Stanley Parable demo, um, there is it's remarkably similar to Dr. Langestov. I replayed it recently to, to see. And um, so both games have you... So, I mean, there's differences, but both games have you start uh, facing the title card, and you have to move the mouse away to see, right. you know, the area you're in, and it's always unexpected. 
And uh, both in the in the Stanley Parable and, and in Dr. Langskov, the narrator loses control over the game. In the Stanley Parable, the narrator doesn't know where the demo is. He can't find it. Yeah, um, right. and, he, and he starts to struggle, much like how the narrator of this game is, is struggling uh, with you trying to do everything, you know, and he's freaking out and stuff. But, um, I, I mean, I guess I'm going to be the most negative one about this game because I didn't see... Uh, like I, I have a hard time saying much good about it, to be honest. Right. I mean, the humor didn't do much for me. That's fine. It seems like people like the jokes, which is good. I did like um, if you go through the game a second time, there's a uh, an audio like recorder you can pick up. Did you guys check that out? I only heard about that this morning. So I, I oh. checked. I checked some of it out this morning. I didn't like. I, I heard that it. I heard that you could listen to the tapes, but I didn't know that they were all just Justin Roiland improv. <laughs> It was amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought that stuff was funny. He's like, playing this. He's playing this Italian guy writing like different game pitches, <laughs> but nobody likes them. It's like I make a I make a game about a parrot, but no, no one likes it. <laughs> it's great, but I mean, it, it's hard not to, you know, obviously because William Pug worked on this. Uh, it's hard not to draw comparisons to yeah, of course. Stanley Parable and also hard not to draw comparisons to The Beginner's Guide, which Readin worked on, who also worked on The Stanley Parable. Uh, you know, I feel like it, they went in two different directions with uh, The Beginner's Guide. You know, Stanley Parable was funny and also had mysterious weird shit in it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so The Beginner's Guide went more in that sort of weird area where it was taking itself very seriously. There were barely any jokes in that game, if any. Yeah. And uh, Williams' game uh, went into direction of more funny, and I feel like it loses a lot by not having kind of... I didn't feel like it had much to it, to be honest. It just felt like another route, like a forgotten route from the Stanley Parable to me. Yeah, right. Well, I think I think it, I think the, I think it's, it was really... Like, the strength is in... I think I prefer Dr. Langeskov to uh, Stanley Parable and Beginner's Guide because uh, I love the I love the high concept idea of it. Like com- yeah, sure. compared to the demo for the Stanley Parable, Dr. Langeskov is very like in the demo for the Stanley Parable. It demonstrated a lot of like strange, gamey, high tech things like these thing these like weird balls you went in that displayed emotions and stuff <laughs> but i liked the i liked the way that in dr langscope it's built like a physical set it's yeah. if we if a game was a thing where you had to go to a place and you had to like all of the things that you saw in a game had to be built this is what it would look like from the outside yeah i think visually it looked uh it was really good yeah. lots of good and striking lighting and differences between the different places. Yeah, it looks really nice. But do you guys think that this game is best as like a kind of, I don't want to say like a walking simulator because that's very reductive, Mm. but as a sort of first-person narrative game, do you think it would have worked better as, as a different game? Maybe like one where it's almost... Like a strategy game, yeah, where so, you're working on the outside of the game and helping the player through an environment, you know. I often really, like, I'm not a, the biggest fan of these kind of first-person narratives where you don't really get to do much. Um, they're interesting. The first time I kind of checked one out was when the Stanley Parable was, you know, a, a source kind of mod that he yeah. made. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting, and then 
I know. I just couldn't. I did Diarrester and all that kind of stuff, and I just they. Yeah, you know, they're kind of they're interesting, but they're not. You know, they're not my cup of tea. But um, Stanley Parable, the newer one, is kind of nice because you know there's so many different kind of opportunities that you can do, and it's a little bit more gamey in that sense. Um, but this one, I think, because it's so light-hearted and pleasant, I didn't have a mind. Uh, I didn't really mi- uh, care that much about it. It's kind of like watching, you know. Watching TV for 20 minutes and getting a little bit of a laugh. It's a short film, you know, and yeah, um, I think I, I charming. Agree that, yeah, that length definitely plays into it. That it, like, I, I think it would probably benefit from some mechanics in my mind at least. Like, I didn't find, I only watched it played because um, of my hand, but yeah. I didn't find that the actual gameplay presented there to the extent that there was any was. Um, really something that would keep me going forward but because of that length and how that that's that sort of that length really accommodates that lack of any sort of mechanics in a lot of ways Mm. well that sort of begs the question if this you know 15 minute little chunk is in promotion and this arg that follows it on crows 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 dot com um is it leading to something else do you think it has to right well yeah like i mean Unless they're all kind of just, like, assets that they'd built for, you know, Stanley Parable, which I highly doubt it, you know, because yeah. they're completely different. Um, it's, you know, why, why, why waste, you know, all that kind of time and money um, making something like that when, you, you know... Well, I think that, I think part of, I think part of it is that as a, as a game, it's very short, uh, it looks really good, and it's got a, it's, like, the hook is in the concept that you're you can't play it because there's a different player playing yeah. it and so you have to wait back backstage and i think that hook is going to get it like as a as a something to kind of gain publicity that hook is going to get it media and then that's going to be backed up by that it looks pretty and i think that's yeah. what's happened and they have that you know they have the prompt when you finish it to quit to their website and sign up for their newsletter Mm. And I, so, I, I did it. I think it's, I think it's gonna work well for them as a promotional thing. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's another way you know you can look at it. It's just promotional material for everything else that that comes up. And as as far as you know, like you just said, as far as marketing stuff goes, it's a brilliant way to do it. Interactive mm. marketing. You know, you're an interactive game studio. Why not do something different with your marketing and everything? Mm. And does yeah. that? What do you guys think of that ARG that's that's cooking on their website a little bit? I was actually going to ask you, like, can you explain that? Yeah, please do. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so, the, the ARG was a thing that started before the game was released, Dr. Langeskov. And uh, I suppose it was hinting towards, you know, the themes of the game. There was kind of the... Uh, it started with the, the premise of the game, you know, being this inspector and getting all those file notes and stuff. But then if you... Uh, did all this ARG stuff, like logging into this prompt with this username you find in the corner of a website, and you get these emails saying people like, oh, I'm quitting, I can't do this anymore, I'm billing, holding on because there's parrots in my office or whatever, you know. Um, and that happened, and then the game came out, but uh, and then they thought the ARG was over all the people who were competing, well, not competing, but uh, working on it, working on uh, finding out what it was. Uh, but then one of the people on Twitter who run Crows, Crows, Crows said, no, nah, it's not over. It's still going. So yeah, um, we sure. don't know at this point what's going to happen with that. Hmm. 
but uh, there was all sorts of intricate stuff going on, like you know, using CCTV sounds to make pictures with passwords on them. Uh, mm. Going into a house and stealing from no, that that wasn't part of the ARG. <laughs> you didn't steal anything, but it was very complex. It's sort of you know traditional of those ARGs you see around. So that yeah. kind of stuff. It, it's a good promotion tool, definitely. I think yeah. gets people interested, gets people hooked on what what it might be. You know. Yeah. Sure. Well, cool. Yeah. That, those are our thoughts on on that game. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Good work, Kevin. Good work, Kevin. What Thank rating you. would you give it, you guys? <laughs> a big lemon. Yeah, no, that's that's I would fair give enough. It, I would give it a uh, walk through the right door, uh, but actually walk through the left door. Nice, nice, nice. Um, I'll give it a, the, the three dots uh, from the beginner's guide. <laughs> they definitely mean something, you guys. Tell me, tell us what they mean. All right. <laughs> so I've got my notebook here. Uh, I don't know if you guys can hear it. But um, uh, so you you know you you uh um you guys know how um the machine has those three cogs there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, those are the same as where the dots are. Mm-hmm. So 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 there and and they're only in levels uh, that uh you know are about game making. So yeah, right. my fear, I mean, it's very paradoxical to talk about this game because a lot of the messages are ah, don't read into it, you know. Yeah, sure. So, but I, I felt like from playing it, I played through it about three times uh, to write some notes about it. And it yep. felt a lot like um, Reedon was misinterpreting everything. Um, and the games, most of them, seemed to be, have an arc, uh, an, a connected arc that was about uh, wanting to uh, not be a part of, you know, not wanting to share games with people, yeah, not sure. enjoying critical reaction and stuff like that. And the game, the overarching narrative of the game is definitely about the tension that is between, you know, the developer not wanting constructive criticism, not wanting to be a part of that, and wanting their game to go out there and wanting people to enjoy it. You know, I think you guys covered that fairly well in the second week, though. Yeah, cool. So, so good job for you, boys. Thank you. Guys, I, I, in that jail yeah. prison level, the, the, the shelves are in, in the same places as the dots are. They've got the same placement. Guys, it's real. It's real. <laughs> the Illuminati made this game. The beginner's job. guide is real. The beginner's guide is real. This, the, just all these pages just look like insane. They just look <laughs> stupid. Look like <laughs> pages from uh, Jim Carrey's diary in the movie Twenty Three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna mean something. Yeah. Gosh darn it. Um. All right. So that that's Doctor Langskov. Yeah, I loved start. it. I think it, I think it was important for it to be a first-person game, and that for your experience to like that because it's it's like your it's like it's not a game. It's like it's real and it, that it, you're there. Yeah, yeah. And that's like what it's I, about. I didn't think about it that way actually. The idea that you're you know you're essentially first person. You're not playing a game that's heavy on mechanics because you're waiting to play the actual game. I think that's interesting. I think that's yeah, a really like good the, point, the, yeah. the question is what if what if it, this isn't a video game? What if it's a real physical space that has to be managed yeah. and by all these yeah. people? Mm. Yeah, because I was going to argue that uh, the Stanley Parable, I mean, it's important that the game's in first person because there's no sort of mechanics. It's all just about the narrative and the choices you make to go through, you know, the different corridors to obey the narrator or to disobey him, you know. 
I guess it's important for the beginner's guide as well because uh, there's less of a focus on interactivity uh, with the game and more of a focus on sort of just the the narrative and paying attention yeah. to the narrative yeah. and what's going on and putting together all those pieces of the unreliable narrator and all that crazy stuff, you know. Yeah. What were you going to say, Max? Oh, well, Sorry I would say off. that if that is actually a sort of a marketing maneuver made by them for some other thing that they're bringing out, uh, I, I really have no qualms with, like, the idea of games, like, really small, like, different experiences preceding larger games to sort of build, like, hype or just talk in general. Like, that that sounds like a really exciting idea. Yeah. I mean, if you mm. imagine this taken to, like, any other part of gaming, if it was taken to, like, a AAA level, and it's like, oh, the new whatever it is, the new EA Star Wars game is coming out, and it's preceded by this sort of, you know, weird half-hour experience of, like, you know, whatever it is. I, I, I think that sounds really cool. Well, that's probably at least in part what uh, PT was... Yeah, yeah, certainly. That's a good point. Yeah, mm. except it, you know, ended up not going anywhere because they cancelled Silent Hills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got? Yeah, I'm. I'm really upset too, Joey. It sounded. It, it sounded pretty <laughs> good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. I was. I was really wanting something, especially because it was, you know, Kojima and um, Del Toro. Yeah, that would have been yeah. absolutely sublime. Like the cinematography that Kojima brings and the. And the design that that Del Toro puts in his characters and world, oh, let's not, I mean, let's not I, I cry think about it. If we think about, I like to think about PT even as itself, just a, by itself, because that game is is masterful. Yeah, in its building of tension and yeah. surprises. That game's incredible, like for a yeah. horror game. It, you and know? like the fact that nobody really knew how to trigger the end events, like, and it was just yeah. it seemed every time you do something, it seemed so personal and relevant to you at the time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, it got it got into that with the the kind of last trigger. It got into that sweet spot of like it would happen for people, but because there wasn't like direct feedback for it, it kind of was like a superstition in terms of how you'd be able to get it to trigger. Yeah. yeah, Uncertain about it, which matched in with the themes of the game. Mm. And and something that really upset me, I found out afterwards on uh, Del Toro's Twitter is that the game was actually a collaboration uh, between Kojima, Guillermo, and um, uh, a mangaka named Junji Ito, who worked on a, a really scary, really well-paced horror manga like Uzumaki and, uh, and stuff like that. Uh, he's very famous. And that would have been incredible. That's like the best yeah, three like a, people. Yeah, it's like a, less well-known, but another master of the yeah. Yeah. Of a, of like another element of the horror stuff. Yeah, I mm. looked up some of that guy's stuff, and it's uh, it it would have fit so well. It's really yeah, horrifying. it's a, it's a real shame. But uh, rest in peace, Konami <laughs> yeah. rest in peace. as a whole. <laughs> yeah. Such a All shame. Right. So, let's get more happy, guys. Let's let's bring it up a bit. <laughs> let's go to pitch that game. This is gonna this is gonna be music here. So I've added some. We've added some stipulations uh, to these games to kind of spice it up a little bit, give you a little bit of that, give that a little bit of that. Mm. <laughs> All right. So each week uh, there'll be a judge of the games we pitch, and, and they will 
essentially decide which games uh, they would most like to play out of the games pitched. And uh, so, since Kevin chose last week's game of the week, he'll be the judge, and uh, he'll generate the game names for us. And in order to determine who gets uh, which game name each player, uh, which today will be me, Max, and uh, Joey, uh, have to guess a number between 1 and 10 Kevin is thinking of. And whoever guesses right will get to choose first, but as a result... Uh, they'll have to pitch their game first as well. And uh, that will, the same will happen for the second game. And uh, the third game will be uh, whoever is left with the last game name and have to pitch that. So, Kevin, what game names do we have? Our game names are taken from the Adventure Generator. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dreadcore, Guilty Moon, and Demon and a Beginning. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. What was the first one, sorry? Dreadcore. Dreadcore. Yep. Oh. Alright. Okay, so, Kevin, think of a number. Absolutely, I've got one. Alright. Joey, you go first. I'm going to think of a six. It's not six. Alright. Max. (laughs) It's the best number. It's number four. It's not four. I know what number it is. What number is it? It's seven. No, it was number two. Max is closest. Alrighty, go Max. Boys and girls. So do I choose now? Yeah, you can choose out of the three. Definitely Dreadcore. (laughs) Good choice. Alright, what do you got? Well, okay, Dreadcore, I I just thought of this because played a lot of Wii Tennis over the week. Um, I do, I do like a, I do like a Wii Motion Control control game. <laughs> it's a All Wii right. Motion Control tennis game, uh, <laughs> but it's played with large robots um, called Dread Cores. <laughs> maybe we'll just call them Cores. I don't know what's cooler. I don't know. I think they should call Cores. Yeah, well, they're they're tennis playing robots. Well, I was thinking <laughs> the ball could be maybe called the Core or something. I don't know. Well, there was a. Miyamoto was demoing, like, a giant robot Wii U game, wasn't he? <laughs> Where you, like, held up the gamepad in front of you and you, like, stomped around like you were the robot. <laughs> I think That's is awesome. how it worked. Yeah, and then you, you'll um you'll get uh, upgrades and stuff for, uh, for combos, tennis combos, um... Maybe you'll be up to... Some robots could transform if they get enough combos into, like, you know, tank, just, uh, tanks for tennis. <laughs> I don't know. That's no, good. That sounds good to me. And awesome. it'll have a really good soundtrack. <laughs> I thought I put that out there. I don't know what it is, but it I will guarantee. have a good one. <laughs> if you pick my game, this and will be... very good graphics and soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> good gameplay. Yeah, oh yeah, maybe... <laughs> you know that's kind of up in the air. All right. Uh, so, what were the other two titles, Kevin? Uh, Guilty Moon and Demon and a Beginning. Mm, okay, this is a hard one. All right, Joey. Uh, I will. Kevin, think of a different number. Absolutely. It's seven. No. Oh fuck. <laughs> I'll Joey. go. I'll go five this time. It was all. It was all riding on it being seven. Today's number uh, was ten. Ah. <laughs> all right, Jace, you're up. Okay, so so there was Guilty Moon and Demon's Beginning, was Gu- it? Guilty Moon and Demon and Beginning. 
Okay, sorry, I forgot the core piece of that one. Alright, Guilty Moon. Guilty Moon, just hear me out here. Okay. Is about a moon, mm-hmm. and he feels really just bad but about why? a lot of the things. I mean, nighttime sucks, right? <laughs> it's his fault. It's nothing good, you know, ha- bad things happen at nighttime. So he... It's scary. Yeah, it's really spooky. You can get stabbed, (laughs) you know, if you go out at night time. Suntime, no stabbing. Um, So the moon decides he's going to directly help out all the people during daytime. Wait, no, during nighttime. He's a crime fighter. He's the moon. (laughs) He's got arms and legs. He went all small. He wears a hoodie too. And uh, he he just walks around. It's It's an action platformer. Uh, with beat-em-up elements. And you walk around uh, town at night, and you got to save people uh, by using your moon powers. So you can kind of turn into... You can turn yourself into a crescent and use that boomerang to hit people. You know, fly around. And, uh, you know, you can... Uh, when you double jump, because you have a double jump, this game mm-hmm. is on the PS2, and uh, your hoodie <laughs> will, like, make you float downwards. Sort of like a Ratchet and Clank kind of thing. Oh, excellent. And uh, at the end of the game, uh, you find out there's nothing you can do to satisfy your uh, happiness. <laughs> so you just explode. And it's just sun all the time. It's a very happy, like, kind of bittersweet ending, you know. Mm. It, it, it becomes, so. if it, nighttime becomes better than daytime, and so he has to take out the sun by eclipsing it. <laughs> Oh man, that would be a scary end. There's two endings. There's a good ending and there's a bad moon ending. He's got a, you've got an infamous style. Mm, the last boss system. for the bad moon ending is the sun. I love it's it. very hard. Alright, Joey. Demon, Demon and the beginning. beginning. Alright, so gentlemen, I want you to take yourselves back down memory lane a little bit. Picture yourselves as a child... 1996. This is uh, this is the beginning, as it were. Well, yeah, not quite, but 1996, R.L. Stein writes a new book. It's a new Goosebump <laughs> book, Demon and the Beginning. It blows up. It's amazing. It's crazy. It's about a demon and his origin story. <laughs> that Goosebumps book goes on to become a full-motion video game because the future. We all love it. It plays exactly like Goosebumps Horrorland with really bad voice acting maybe um jeff goldblum's in it perhaps he's one of the <laughs> monsters or he's the demon the lord demon you go through do really bad puzzles there's really bad jump scares and bad animations and it's just it's the best thing ever it's it's the best thing ever that's all you can say it sounds like a game that comes in a cereal box yeah it is <laughs> it is it's a, it's a promotional game <laughs> you've got the little microsoft windows 95 on the cd case that comes in the in the the cereal box and yeah don't you know some amazing demon costumes there some yeah. maybe a puzzle like you know you need to put in put singing pumpkins in order like a certain <laughs> goosebumps horrorland video game you know yeah um but on the, on the promotion for the cereal there's a there's a limited edition box where it, the jeff jeff goldblum's on it because he's the star you know <laughs> it's his only um, it's jeff and him, he's, out, he's there he's he's in the cereal bowl he's he's like help you know <laughs> i'm trapped <laughs> i'm in cereal 
He's that, that kind of thing, you know? His, his face is in the bowl, and he's, he's holding the bowl, looking at you, <laughs> smiling. <laughs> Doing a bit of a people's eyebrow, kind of one eyebrow lift kind of thing going on. Or we could go the, the complete opposite direction. It's a picture of him laid on the couch, his chest, like his shirt's open, it's all like manly and hairy, and he's just looking with his seductive Jeff Goldblum eyes at you, and you know, and that's how you know it's a good quality game. Mm. Yeah, well, I'd buy that cereal. Tell you yeah. what. I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, Kevin. What do you think of our games? Uh, I like them. They're all, they're all very solid. Uh, mm. I, I would have liked for Guilty Moon would have worked well also as uh, as a kind of like a ghost trick kind of thing where you you play as the moon and you're you're shining your light on different stuff to uh, to solve puzzles for people and absolve your guilt. Mm. Uh, Dreadcore has got a good name. <laughs> That just sounds too much like every game, though. Any game that has come out can be called Dreadcore. <laughs> every game that comes out, <laughs> yeah, every game that comes out should be called Dreadcore. I forgot to mention about Dreadcore that the fun factor is very high. Oh, good, thank you. Uh, I forgot to mention about uh, Guilty Moon. Uh, you get the, the collectibles are, are like tiny stars. Like, oh, you get to nice. you get to you get to yeah. stick them on. Uh, you have a home base, and you get to stick all your star stickers on the roof. I forgot to mention yeah. about the demon in the beginning, R.L. Stein. <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned that, but it's, <laughs> yeah, but it needed a second mention because R.L. Stein. All games now is he out. played by R.L. Stein from the Goosebumps like '90s show or Jack Black? No, it's the original R.L. Stein. All right. happened, I wouldn't yeah, want it any other way. Game, this game came out in two thousand and one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Demon in the Beginning although I think it didn't make a great use of the Demon in the Beginning name because it led to the division mm, of you. Jeff Goldblum cereal box where he, he is eating the cereal <laughs> but he also is the cereal that's well, gonna... that was me that wasn't <laughs> hey, you should have you should have saved that material for your game Jace <laughs> Well, I didn't have Jeff Goldblum in the... Listen, he's the voice. He's the voice of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, th- that game doesn't seem very fun, though. It's like a point and click. I guess it's kind of fun. Have actually. you Never played mind. Mind. Goosebumps Escape from Horrorland? No. You should go do that tonight. All right, fine. I've got something to do. I, I was going to take care of, of my dying grandmother, but I guess <laughs> I'm going to play Goosebumps. That should be our game of the week next week. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Demon in the Beginning is the winner. It's Max's choice for the next week's Game of the Week. Tell us what it is. You know what it is? It's Valiant Hearts. <gasps> I haven't played it. What is it? The World War One uh, Ubisoft Rayman 2D oh, engine. Oh, that darling little... Oh, okay. Adventure gamey. I've wanted week. to play that. Pretty yeah. fun. It's charming. Yeah, right. It'll be. I, I. I thought it'd be interesting to have a look at a game that sort of does. It's a. It's a war game in a lot of ways, but it mm. yeah. th- that does conflict differently. Mm. Yeah, it's not conflict. Isn't the central part of that game? It's, it's more sort of it's also really, solving. It's also really cool because it, it. It kind of gives you a really kind of nice approach to real historical events and facts that kind of happened during World War One, and they present it in a way that. It's yeah. bite-sized chunks, it's nice to watch, it's nice to experience. Yeah, alright. Well, that'll be fun to check out. 
Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Thanks for doing the podcast, everyone. I had a, I had a grand old time. Thanks. It was nice yeah. serving with you fellas. And where can where can we find any other juicy details about uh, Sky Pirates, be it podcast or video games? If you want things? to ask us any questions, you can contact us at Sky Pirates Studio on Twitter, or you can send an email to podcastaways at skypiratestudios.com. Mm. How cool. And you... We might read your stuff in like a really good voice, like I could I could hold my nose and and read your email. Yeah, we might do a good voice, or we might do a silly voice. I, I, it, dep- it depends on the content, really. Since we're doing a World War One game uh, next week, I propose that we all do old timey radio accents. Yeah. I propose I propose that Joey go to war <laughs> and bring us bring us back his French fort. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to get trench foot for, uh, you know, the special occasion. It's going to really uh, compliment my you could, shingles. You could get that as a uh, pre-order bonus, are you? <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> only, only if enough people pre-order it and unlocks that tier. <laughs> mm. All right. Well, that's the podcast. We did it, everyone. We made it. Congrats. We'll see Thank you, you next time, ladies and gents. Goodbye. Good say, your, say your sign-off, Max. Wubba dubba doo. <laughs> <laughs>